weed, grass, pot, dope, wacky tobacco, reefer, endo, ganja, cannabis, herb, chronic, bud, spliffs, joints, green, Mary Jane. Uh, if you know what any of these words are referring to, you can probably guess what we're going to talk about. Marijuana, a drug that was once deemed as taboo is now becoming increasingly commonplace for a variety of uses and reasons. Not to mention that more and more states are legalizing the drug for medicinal and recreational purposes. So what is a Christian to do in 2021 when it comes to marijuana? Should it be condemned or are there circumstances or uses where it could be permitted and even be used to connect with and glorify God? In this episode, we tackle the use of marijuana and how it does or doesn't fit in the Christian life. Welcome to the Religion Podcast with Adam and Blake, where a couple of broken dudes ask a bunch of questions about the answer and the life that comes with living for it. What's up, Blake? Happy 421. <laughs> Happy 421 to you, which is the day after 420. It's National and Funyun Day. It's, the, it's not, One of my friends on Facebook said it's National Random Drug Test Day. It should be. Uh, that. Yes, so this is Religion Podcast, episode 14, and today we are going to be talking about weed and the marijuana, all the fun stuff, the marijuana. How old am I? So this week was actually a sort of an unofficial holiday for those who partake in marijuana use, which is referred to as 420, and today's 421 technically April 21st. I went ahead and looked this up because I wasn't really sure where this came from at all. And so I went on, I went to a story on uh, Vox and they talked about how basically the holiday started when a group of California high schoolers made this sort of habit of smoking weed every day at 4.20 PM. And then basically the ritual soon kind of spread and got word got around. And then there were other people that started smoking weed at 4.20 PM. And then somebody thought, hey, April 20th is the 20th day of the fourth month of the year, and it's 420, so maybe we should all just celebrate weed smoking on April 20th. That's, yeah, because that makes sense. Yes, the more you know. The uh, more you know. Yeah, you've so, expanded my horizons. So now, so now that we've, which is part of the reason why people do this. Why couldn't stuff. those same high schoolers just decide that, that March the 14th was going to be the day that they were all going to like clean up their community or something <laughs> maybe maybe if maybe that would catch on maybe at 4 20 p.m they all got together and had a bible study although and i think words, and tomorrow in tomorrow earth day maybe that's where it started i don't know that's possible i think it is it is earth day i think yeah true so there's two reasons why we're doing this podcast so so we're talking about smoking this is a, this is a religion podcast this is a christian-based podcast so what are we doing talking about smoking weed for like why is that something that we're even choosing to talk about is it just just because are we being topical but we're are uh, we trying to get permission <laughs> we're trying to get permission are we trying to get permission to do it i'm just gonna so, tell you i'm i'm in a, i'm been locked in my house for a few days 
I'm in a mood today to just roll. So we're gonna have fun. <laughs> that's, that's that's perfect. So and and leading up to this podcast, I did a little bit of a uh, little bit of research to try to get to sort of where people are in relation to in, in relation to this, in relation to in relation to marijuana use and things like that. So uh, according to a 2019 Pew Research poll, we've got we have now gotten to the point where two thirds of Americans say the use of marijuana should be legal for, I, I guess that's sort of totaling either medicinal, recreational, or both. And the share of the U.S. adults who oppose legalization has fallen from 52% in 2010. So more than half just yeah. 11 years ago were like, don't legalize it, to 32% today. And then that same research poll, they kind of, there's an article in this Christian publication called Relevant Magazine where they dug into that a little bit more. Uh, and they found out that 60% of Protestants say it should be legal, along with 53% of Catholics. And this is from a quote from the article. Even evangelicals, normally the most socially conservative faith group in the U.S., slightly tilt towards legalization at just a little over 50%. That shocked me. Why do you think I that would, is? Do you think it's just a steady drumbeat that finally everybody just says, ah, whatever? Yeah, that's, I think that's possible. I think they're, I think what ends up happening, and I don't know this for a fact, I think what ends up happening is there's one state that decides to just say, you know what, we're going to be the outlier and we're going to legalize it. Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. <clears throat> and then California. Yeah, California, Washington State. And then they, and then everybody is kind of wait watching and they're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen now that it's legal there. And then, isn't that kind of what's going on with the masks right now? The mask mandates, like we're watching in Kentucky, bit. the states that are taking away the mandates, just wondering if everybody's going to thrive yeah. or not survive. Yeah, exactly. They're wondering if it's going to be just a giant train wreck, super spreader state, or if it's going to be, oh, basically nothing happened. And I think what ends up happening is people look at these states and then they're seeing no visible statistical harm that came from legalizing versus keeping it illegal. You think there's yeah. a little bit of FOMO there? <laughs> Fear uh, of missing out? Like, I'd, like if... <laughs> <laughs> FOMO. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. But I mean, seriously, I, like, do you think after the first two or three legalize it, then everybody's like, oh, we got to be next? Like, we don't want to be the fiftieth state to do it. You're I mean, like, oh, here comes Kentucky dragging in, like, yeah. like always. I think it's a little. I think it's a little bit different. That like we want to be advanced. We want to be on the cutting edge of everything, even if it's not the best thing to be on the cutting edge of, in my opinion. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, well, and there's probably some states that are honestly looking at this thing from a dollars and cents standpoint. They look at it and they're like, oh, well, this is just bringing in a whole bunch of tax revenue to our state and crime rates or whatever are not increasing drastically or whatever do, that's linked back to it. So let's just, let's just do it and our state will benefit and the benefits outweigh the, the positives outweigh the negatives and from a bureaucratic standpoint or whatever. And you know, once again, it's like you said, it may be something like keeping up with the times or whatever and try to be like, oh, we don't want to be, even though it's a very inconsequential issue and all kinds of things, you know, you don't want people to look back on you and be like, oh, look at those ignorant people in that state who wouldn't even legalize all the good things that came of it. And those ignorant people in that state wouldn't 
until it's, the very, it's the very same end. argument that I hear used for like wet counties versus dry counties. Because our county where I live and the county next door just went wet. And a lot of other counties around us have been wet for a long time. And yeah. people out of our state may not even know that that's a thing. I don't know if in other states that's a, a big deal is wet and dry counties, but yeah, yeah, or areas. But, um, you know, here it was highly contested. We're in a pretty mm -hmm. conservative area. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, the proponents of this say, basically all you have to do is make this county wet and this little bitty town that has one stoplight is all of a sudden <laughs> going to get like a texas roadhouse and, <laughs> and a starbucks <laughs> and a starbucks and a college like yeah. that's all that you need i mean if you just pass this bill like they're they're already lined up signed on the dotted line just waiting just on this to you, pass just because you let that gas station yeah. start selling natty light <laughs> exactly because they put a beer cave in the back and all of a sudden they're all going to be millionaires and it's not, it's not reality. Like the communities that do well may thrive from it because there's a lot of people that live there. And if you have a lot of people, there's going to be a lot of people that partake in certain things. But yeah. if you don't have a lot of those people, you're not going to improve your economy a lot, in, in my opinion. And it's yeah. kind of the same thing with this. Like the first few facilities that can start growing this and selling this or whatever becomes legal mm -hmm. are going to thrive. But for me to think, that because I live in a state or a county that has this legalized, there's going to be some sort of trickle down yeah. that I'm going to start seeing a weed check in the mail every month <laughs> because they started a big, you know, pot farm or greenhouse yeah. up the road for me. You know, it's just not feasible. Now, granted, it may help the economy in certain yeah. ways, but is, is it worth it? You know, I, I don't know. That's, if, that's my question. Yeah. I don't know if in Colorado, they'll be like, they're, they're, doing infrastructure repair on a highway and then there's a sign out there that says this this highway repair was brought to you by weed or yeah. something like that like, like this highway is in need of repair because everybody's sitting at the house smoking <laughs> pot <laughs> yeah so i don't know if that really happens but the, the thing about it is is that whether we like it or not or how, however we feel about it or not yeah. it's it's, it's here becoming it's here it's becoming more legalized it's becoming more accepted it's gaining traction even yeah here. it's yeah everywhere yeah pretty much everywhere i mean we live in probably as most as much of a conservative area of the country as anybody mm -hmm. and yeah. i i don't have to look far to find people that would say it should be legal and you may even be one of those people i don't know uh, well you know it's probably not a big shock to say that i'm i'm the uh anti legalization representative on this so um i yeah. can uh i don't know well, tell, well, tell, yeah well, i mean well we this is i feel like this episode in some ways but not always may resemble a bit of the one that we did our second episode that we did on drinking yeah uh, yeah both, maybe both but because we've definitely had some different experiences in in this particular topic but in the end, we may not necessarily land on as opposing sides of the fence as you would expect, but yeah. I think that we Maybe both not. have, we've kind of talked about it and we definitely have some points that we're trying to make. But I guess the first thing that I would want to ask you about is, you know, you mentioned that you grew up in, uh, you know, in previous episodes, you mentioned that you grew up in a very strong Christian household your dad was a your dad was a preacher you grew up in church and that's part of the reason why you never drank 
So I'm going to just make an educated guess that you weren't like, as a kid, like, yep, definitely not drinking, but pass me the joint over there so I can, uh, yeah, we're taking this before Bible study. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it's natural herbal. Yes. Uh, well, so you would be correct. <laughs> um, I've never, um, I don't know how you rank these things. So that was something that I was going to ask maybe later, but maybe a good time to talk about that. Like, yeah. how would you rank? Um, Cause anytime we get into these hot button or these, these issues of like, is this mm -hmm. a sin or is that a sin? Like our job here is to, is not to maybe to say like, we determine this is a sin yeah, or yeah. we determine it's not like our whole goal is just to look through whatever it is, whether it's, Bible study or whatever, and just say, this is my process. This is how I've come to my conclusion. This mm -hmm. is my background. This is my, my, my mental state on it. And yeah. this is where I've landed so far, or maybe I haven't landed anywhere yet and I'm still landing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think we, we tend to, to throw certain things into this same basket of, yeah. of things. And we say, okay, drinking, smoking, smoking pot mm -hmm. and then you can go into like vaping yeah drug use occasional drug use you know like mm -hmm. you can you can bring break off into some sex there and then also say um what about overeating or mm. caffeine or all yeah. of those things that you could say well i can't get my morning going without my coffee so obviously yeah. that caffeine does something to get me going is that there's something wrong with that so like yeah. to me you automatically assumed because i hadn't drank and i guess you assumed that i didn't smoke cigarettes um, yeah or, or never did i don't know if we've talked about that or not but um that i didn't make the leap yeah pot so am am i correct in saying that you would yes. categorize those as you know smoking tobacco drinking casual drinking then smoking marijuana then on to harder drugs well the thing about it is is that you have to i think we're we're both around the same age and the thing whenever i was exposed to it it was still illegal everywhere and mm -hmm. any in any capacity at the age at which uh, i was exposed to it yeah and so it did feel like a step up on sort of like as you know as a teenager it's versus like alcohol is legal in certain counties but not in others and and it's also legal at certain ages and not others yes. whereas weed is like you smoke it at 18 or you smoke it at 80 back in the 90s Still. you're getting you're getting arrested exactly and you're getting a charge on you so that's what made it feel like not necessarily from like a danger standpoint or anything like that but i think just or as far as like how it affects you, because, you know, there's some people who can tell you that, you know, you get just as your mental state and the effects of binge drinking and smoking a lot of weed while different could probably be equal in their intensity. Mm -hmm. But it was the sort of illegalness that I thought probably put it on a higher sort of, you know, a taboo pedestal. In a different, okay. A word. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, so but now... It would probably, if you were asking me now, like, where does weed rank in these things, it would probably be lowered to that sort of realm of 
equivalent with alcohol? Yeah, like in, in certain ways. Like You uh, know, something else that's interesting, I think, or that I've noticed over the past five years or so, is there's mm-hmm. been this huge push to um, to reduce smoking, like yes. cigarette smoking. Yeah. Like there's been these campaigns that have been very effective. Um, I, I don't know. Now, now vaping's a whole different thing and that's, yeah. you know, but smoking cigarettes, like going and buying a pack of cigarettes, I mm-hmm. don't believe, and I'm not around high schoolers and middle schoolers that often, but I don't believe it's nearly as attractive of a thing because of this PR campaign that it's gotten. But, mm-hmm. and so I would almost think in a younger generation that, that pot, like I would think alcohol just kind of stays where it is. Like it's, it always has an allure to people who can't yeah. do it because there's an age restriction on it and mm-hmm. because it makes you look older and, you know, seemingly yeah. be cooler. Yeah. Um, but I would so almost think that, yeah. that if you ask high school students, like which one's worse for you, which would you be more likely to try? I'd say you'd be surprised how many would, would rank tobacco smoking above marijuana smoking. That's possible. Like as worse. Yeah. It's definitely got, you know, because those, those marketing campaigns have probably been very effective in just being, making people think, you know, why am I doing this again? Whereas, yeah. uh, you know, vaping, of course, is like, well, vaping, you don't stink and it tastes like candy if you want it to. Yeah. And then with, with weed, it's like, there's an actual noticeable effect from doing so. And which so, I've never smoked cigarettes, but I've heard a lot of people that I know say, especially when they first started, they kind of got almost like a little buzz from it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and true. then it's just like, you have to it have it. It's habitual. a craving. It's an addiction. Yes. So you, but, have- so for that, in that vein, that's mm-hmm. some of the reasons I never tried that stuff. Like I, it's the reason I didn't drink. It's the reason I never smoked cigarettes because it just never, it was never presented to me in a way that made me want to do it. That's not saying there's not times that I went, you know, as a kid smoking your candy cigarettes and, you know, mm-hmm. chewing your big league chew, you know, like, yeah. you know, th- there was a certain back in the nineties, there was this certain glamor that went along with certain things. Yeah. But pot was never presented in a way. I was never around people that smoked it around me. I mean, I was mm-hmm. probably around people that did on their own, but like, it was never a part of my circle. And so yeah. it was never presented in a way that made me tempted to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so, like, if you're not exposed to something, the odds of you just randomly being tempted to do it seem to be pretty low. And so I was thinking that I had, like, a really, I don't know, just this stupid Adam analogy, but I thought, I have never been tempted to eat a horse. But some people do (laughs) in other countries. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they said if, if, like, the wars in the past that went a different way then it would have probably been very widely accepted to eat horse here yeah. but it's a cultural thing and because we are english culture background yeah. that's kind of a taboo thing so i was like huh, interesting so we could be yeah. eating horse so i don't i'm not around people who normally eat horse on the regular and yeah. it would be if i was around people that were just like hey i made another batch i would just be like man you make that all the time like i guess i have to try this like, yeah. let me, let me see what this is all about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but because I've never been in that situation and if somebody invited me over and said, Hey, I'm cooking up some horse meat tonight. You want to come? I mm-hmm. would probably not go. Or I yeah. would 
no, I'm not partaking before I went. But if I was around yeah. it day in and day out, and I'd be like, you look like that. You're really enjoying that. Like, I guess I got to see what it's all about. Yeah. And so I, I think it's try it. Yeah. Yes. It's your exposure. Like I know. So this needs to be somewhere in the description of this episode or the title of <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating horse meat. <laughs> but yeah. that's the way my mind works. And so I have to find something else to compare it to. So like, that's why I've never been tempted to do it. Um, yeah. There are other things I have been tempted to do. And most of those were because I was either exposed by someone else or, mm. you know, was just around it, was presented it on TV, constantly bombarded with it, or maybe had exposed myself to it. And then, you know, you have to go through the temptation of like, am I going to do this? Am I not? Mm. Is this going to become a thing? Or am I going to just have to overcome this? And that's one of my biggest fears is, um, you know, I look back as a kid and I think about the, advertisements that were on tv and the things that were widely accepted on tv but never was marijuana one of those things yeah and i never remember watching a tv show where they would even insinuate that they were smoking pot in the early 90s yeah Um, or if they did it was always in a negative light like you know a cop show or something you know he had possession of marijuana or whatever and now it's just like almost like a joke um yeah you know to where you know like Joe Rogan and you know these people who are very 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 popular are just mm-hmm. openly saying you know hey I'm smoking pot you know every day and exactly. and everybody's just kind of okay with it and so mm-hmm. I think it's that steady drumbeat of just say it say it often say it loud and after a while people will just kind of say well they're not going to shut up so just let yeah. it go and but you were around other people that did it right at did some what? point that were you around people of like when you were younger were you or I don't that smoke pot yeah no no never? i can never say that i ever was you never saw any so like i was just like curious. i mean i was around like i could be around random people that would be like oh he's a pothead but like yeah. he wasn't a part of my circle so like i could not th- i know people in my circle that were alcoholics or people mm-hmm. that drank pretty regular not in my yeah. real tight circle because we didn't you know, my parents were real careful about what they exposed us to. Yeah. And so it was not like if somebody was like, hey, we're going to be having a cookout and everybody's going to be drinking, mm-hmm. we probably wouldn't go mm-hmm. um, because it's just not something that they would have exposed us to. We didn't go into a lot of restaurants that were just openly serving and, and stuff yeah. like that as a kid. Um, and, you know, I respect my parents for doing that. And and as an adult now and as a parent now, I, I'm not quite as worried about going to a restaurant that's you know, that's serving alcohol mm-hmm. because, you know, we, we have to teach our kids that we live in a world full of people doing all sorts of things. And we still have to be able to rise above that. And yeah. we still have to be ourselves in spite of that. So I'm not going to take them to a bar and say, you look at all these people and see how drunk they are. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't have to be that, but like we yeah. can go and eat a meal where that's being served and it's not going to you know, jump out and get me. And, yeah. but we wouldn't go and just be right in the middle of, of that. And and I think the pot thing would have been even worse because like you said, it was illegal. So mm-hmm. why would, why would they put, you know, their kids around somebody who's doing something illegal? Um, and then even as a teenager growing up, like there was one dude that we kind of hung around with a little bit and like he smoked pot, but he never really did it in front of us. Mm-hmm. He was older than us. And we were like, you know, young teenagers riding our bikes around here and stuff. And, uh, and he would talk about it all the time. And I think some of my buddies were around him when he did it, but I was never, yeah, I just never went down there. I never went to his house. You know, it was like, if 
if I want to hang out with him, we would all kind of hang out uh, up in the community there, but, but I never yeah. went to his house. So, okay. Gotcha. Uh, so, well, when it comes to my history, it's not the same as yours. Shocker at this point, if for anybody who's been listening long enough. So the funny thing is, is I actually did this and tried marijuana at a age whenever I tell people when I tried it I, they always are surprised because I grew up in a small town that didn't have a lot to do and one of the things that people if people didn't have a lot to do they the things that they found to do usually revolved around drugs and alcohol and yeah. you know I saw I heard it's a about, lot different around here yeah so I heard about some of my friends trying it and they were in the seventh grade when they tried it that <laughs> does were, not surprise me because I remember what was going on when I was in seventh grade. Yeah, so they were they were in the seventh grade, and they were they were wanting me to try it or saying like next time you should come with us or whatever. And I was nervous to try it. Like I was, I, they were I was under I went under underwent like you know sporadic peer pressure for like a solid year. And I remember we were there was one time we were out there. You know we live where I live is on the Ohio we used to live grow up was on the Ohio River so we were like down on the riverbank or something where nobody could see us you know looking around and all this stuff and I, that was when I finally tried it and the first and I was in the eighth grade when I tried it so I was a late bloomer which is sad that I was an eighth, a late bloomer for smoking weed and I was in the eighth grade I wasn't even in high school so but the first time the second time that I tried it was when I really kind of got high like high high I was I was in the mall in the food court and I just remember like we that's a good place to be yes so when you get hungry you're there yes and it hit me like a ton of bricks it just like I it's like I suddenly went from oh I'm feeling something to where like oh my gosh I'm feeling a lot and I think I might be sick and like that was the first time I got like really so like I went to the bathroom and I thought I'm gonna go throw up now and then I went to the bathroom and then I didn't and it just felt like I just felt like really hot and I could like hear my heartbeat and all this stuff. And then I got to the bathroom and I thought I was going to throw up and I didn't. And then I just felt like so relieved. And then it just, I just suddenly started to like calm down a little bit. And then I was just hungry and happy. And I went to, and I ordered a Philly cheesesteak from the food court and then I was good. Uh, it was, it was a weird feeling. And at the time I was like, I, I thought it was, it was alluring enough to me to want to do it again. And, okay. uh, I mean, at so one point, was it a was it part of the the rush of doing something that was illegal? Do you think? I'd say I'd say was that, that was, part of the allure of it. I'd say that was definitely part of the allure of it. You have to, you, you know, I'm 40 years old, which places my teenage years and eighth grade years square in the mid 1990s, which is like gangster rap, MTV, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, like that whole bit of just seeing it almost glamorized, yeah, glorified, yeah. And, and I was like, so that was probably a little bit of that to it. And then, and then I did it and it, I didn't do it to relax or take the edge off. I did it because I was like, I want to, I want to get, I want to get high. Like, <laughs> like whatever yeah. that feeling is, I don't want to have a mild case of it. I want to get really, really high and get really silly. And just get woo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't I think to- in seventh, eighth grade, you have enough stress that would be like, I need to control my stress. Yeah, just I know exactly. It was I need like, to wind down. To, man, I let's see how to... stupid we can get and just exactly. laugh. Yep, that's exactly it. And I was the most stereotypical stoner. Like I, everything that 
you would think a stoner, like a stereotypical stoner would do, I did. I just ate more. I talked more. I laughed more. I probably slept more. Slept more. You know, I mean, I didn't have more, right? You were more productive. No, not, not me. The, I mean, at one point, like, you know, I didn't have a real, I didn't get a job, like a real job until I was, uh, you know, like 17, 18 years old, where I was like earning my own money, not getting an allowance. Like I use my parents' allowance money sometimes to go buy joints off my friends. Oh gosh. (laughs) So what would their response have been if they'd known this? Well, they're about to know it if they didn't already. (laughs) So this is your coming out party. They they knew. They knew. Sorry, mom and dad. We've talked about this before. Like there was what, like, I mean, there was one time when my dad, like, whenever this is in high school, my dad worked shift work where he worked from like 2.30 in the afternoon until 10.30 at night. And it was before a high school basketball game. And my friends came over and we were breaking, he brought over a bunch of weed and we just, he was, we were breaking it up on my mom and dad's antique dining room table <laughs> it was so bad it's like this is not good in hindsight i'm saying this i'm like this is terrible and the the time and i actually the funny thing is my parents were going to through a divorce at one point and i think by that time i may have tried is like between eighth grade and high school year or freshman year and i remember they were going through a divorce and i was kind of you know as kids do when they go through divorces I was pretty mentally and emotionally affected by it and they came they wanted me to go see like a therapist and just to kind of talk out my feelings and stuff like that so I went to a therapist and my mom was in the room for the first consultation or whatever and before we went in there they were like listen honey it doesn't work unless you're honest so like tell him when he asks you a question just be honest and then we were in the room and then he's like, so do you drink? And I was like, no. And he's like, so do you, uh, have you been smoking weed at all or whatever? And I, my mom's sitting next to me and I go, yes. Oh. <laughs> and my mom is, and my mom is doing everything she can not to not like just beat it. you to death yeah, right there. Exactly. <laughs> like like lose it. So of course, like we were all calm and stuff. And then as soon as we got out of the therapist, it was like, just beating you with her purse all the way to the car <laughs> well they did not quite but they definitely were like i think they were probably a little more uh lenient on me because of what was going on yeah. at the time with the divorce they probably if i was just like randomly smoking weed and there was like literally no reason or thing you could do to like link it back to then it would probably be like what the heck's the matter with you so maybe they yeah. thought just because the divorce was happening that they were like you know, maybe he's trying to escape in some way. I don't know. I don't know if that was necessarily why I was doing it. I think I was just trying to get high if we're just going to be completely honest. Uh, but I quit. I quit before I graduated high school. I was dating this really conservative. My, my, my high school sweetheart was very conservative at the time. Okay. So now and, you've told your, hold on. There's, so your, your wife's getting ready to find yeah. out that you dated somebody in high school. She is. I apologize. And your parents just found out you stole your allowance money and bought pot. This yes. is a big episode for you. It's a big episode or a bad one, depending on how you look at it. But so I told, so I was dating this really conservative girlfriend at the time who didn't do that stuff. And all of my friends, and whenever I decided to quit, every single one of my friends thought I did it because of her. And I didn't. Uh, I noticed my short-term memory was just going out the window. Huh. I'll be talking to her. And if I didn't, if I had a thought and I didn't express it within like 10 seconds, it might as well have never existed. Like my, it was, it was, I could tell it was mentally affecting me in a negative way. 
and I was, it was making me dumber. Like, I know that hmm. there's some people who swear up and down that, you know, it's mentally stimulating and created blah, 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 blah. But like, it was affecting my short-term memory to a point where I noticed it. And I said, "Interesting, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I quit before my, my senior year of high school. And of course, all my friends thought, oh, you're quitting because of your girlfriend. She's, it's like, well, you know, they thought I was just being a big wuss and just doing it because my girlfriend told me to. It's like, no, I actually did it independently of my own free will and just knowing that it wasn't a good thing to do. Yeah. And then, so from there, if I ever did it, like I never did it consistently ever again. Like there will be just, there may be some random occurrence. More what you would say is recreational, like yeah, in yeah, a yeah. certain situation or yes. event. Like there, yeah, I remember, so my social. Friend, my, yeah, my freshman year of college, the person that I lived with was a pretty, uh, pretty heavy recreational uh, drug user. And there was, there were times whenever I'd walk in on him and, you know, he would be like lighting up in the room and blowing it out the window or whatever, or whatever, something. And there was one time whenever I was just like, ah, who cares? Let's just, I'll, I have for old time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I remember we were, we did the old trick that we thought worked, but really didn't where you would, you would take a paper towel roll and you would put a dryer sheet at the end of it and you would blow the smoke through that. And that's supposed to get rid of the smoke smell. It doesn't. It's, it's urban myth. It's yeah. Ridiculous. And it weed. smells like sunny breeze weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It smells like game. Like a skunk walking through a meadow. <laughs> and so from that point on, if I, after college, I maybe did a handful of times, just like, you know, I remember one time I did at a random, like, music festival or something somebody brought some yeah. down and we were like yeah why not you know and then i did it and usually and the funny thing is that was about the time whenever i was trying to dial in things from like a health standpoint and a fitness standpoint and so the very the temporary sensation of the high i would get from smoking weed gave way to a much longer feeling the day after whenever i was just coughing and i was just like yeah, yeah, this is not good. This is not good not for me. Good. This act is not good for yeah. me. So I just was there any at that point in time, was there any spiritual battle taking place on this? Or was this all just uh, like legal and like physical? Like I'm not feeling well. It's making me feel different. Like there wasn't some other. Yeah, like, there God's, was a, you know, this is this a sin? Am I going to go to hell? This uh, There was never really a point where because at the time that I was doing this, like, this is only, I mean, I got saved at church camp and then I was, and I smoked weed in high school. So I don't think there was this wrestling I was doing with smoking weed to where I felt convicted of it. I think, you know, I quit smoking weed for, because once again, it goes for back other to reasons. cognitive function where yeah. I was noticing it was making me stupid. And, <laughs> and and then I sort of smoked, didn't go back to it for the exact same reasons that, you know, I did used to smoke cigarettes a long time ago. That could be a whole other episode where we talk yeah. about vices and stuff. But I quit that because I realized that with the way my body is made, I can't have it both ways. Like, yeah, I can't do the thing. I'm not saying that some people can't. Maybe yeah. some people can handle it fine. But yeah, but mine was. And it's almost better that you did it. Well, I won't say better, but. I think there's a lot of people like myself who would say the first and only reason I don't is because of God. Mm -hmm. And then that's when it, it gets into this tricky, like legalism 
Um, like, what can I do? What can't I do? What does mm-hmm. God, what will God let me do? What God, what will God not let me do? Yeah. And so when I'm trying to make that decision solely based on God, if there's nothing in scripture that really just says thou shalt not smoke weed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I could get real easily to say, well, you know, I can just, you know, it's not a big deal or, yeah, um, you know, it, it doesn't say so, you know, whatever, or you yeah, can yeah. say it's a sin. It's completely wrong. It's going to send me to hell and I don't want to go to hell. So I'm not going to do it out of fear or out of like, because it's on the list. There, yeah. There's not a, out there's of any lots- sort of conviction. There's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing based on it. And so I almost yeah. respect the fact that, that you in a weird sort of way that God wasn't a part of that decision because then it adds some merit to like why God wouldn't want me to do it. Yeah. Because well, it the, wasn't yeah, good for you and you were convicted on a personal level, not on a spiritual level mm-hmm. that it wasn't good for your body. It wasn't good for your mind. It wasn't good for your social, you know, and your, your professional uh, mm-hmm. well-being. Yeah. And therefore you chose not to do it aside yeah. from God. Yeah. And then you look at scripture and times when God says, don't do this or don't do that, or you should do this. And it's like, why is he always telling me what to do? And it's like, because he's a good father and he knows what's best for you. You know, it's really, fu- you know, it's really funny that now that you brought this up. So one of the things that whenever I got my first, um, first job in my, where I went to college to do, which was journalism, the first journalism job that I got, I, they're like, you know, as I was getting hired, they're like, okay, you have to go walk across the street. As you were getting higher? No, hired. hired. (laughs) It's like, walk across the street, and if you don't fall down, then you got the job. No, no, here's, so they were like, you, you know, walk across the street to the health clinic and take the drug test. And I just remember how nice it felt to just be like, man, like, I'm just gonna go do this. I don't have to worry about that anymore. And that, which brings me to this little point, going back to high school, when I did quit my senior year, I had my friends come up to me and they were like, dude, can you pee in a, can you, can I get your pee? I'm not even kidding yeah. you. Like they wanted yeah. me to pee for them so that they could like, my mom is about to give me a drug test. Can you, can I get some of your pee? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this? Yeah. Like, is this what? Is, that's is when you what? know that you're not supposed to be doing this. If you have to borrow your friend's pee, yeah, that should it be is not something game. you should do. So, so it was just one of those situations where I got to had to go across the street and take a drug test one time. And I was just like, that's just nice to know that I don't have to like immediately start sweating bullets whenever I think, okay, how am I going to fool this test into mm-hmm. letting them believe that I haven't smoked weed in the past? Hope they don't take years. a hair sample. Yeah. 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 So it was just like, I just went over there and drank a bunch of water, you know, gave them my sample and got the job no issues no nothing so it was just one of those weird it was just one of those weird things that just just literally popped into my head when I was thinking about that but one thing that I was going to say is that you know you talked about how being convicted on a personal level versus a spiritual level because there's nothing in the bible that explicitly says weed is prohibited you know thou shalt not toke or <laughs> or whatever in the 10 it's the 11th commandment that they forgot to mention uh and, you know, there's a lot, there's people that can justify doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing and just simply by saying, well, the Bible doesn't mention this specifically, you know, they don't necessarily, it's like the Bible didn't mention this, this exact, use these exact words to describe what I'm doing. So therefore I can do it. I think there's a lot of, 
that's a that's kind of a minefield that you probably shouldn't be walking down. Exactly. Like if you're looking at the Bible and saying, if it's if it doesn't specifically list it, then that means I'm allowed to do it. Then you've completely missed the point. <laughs> I would say so too. Like the point is that you align your will with God's will and your nature with his nature. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the whole, what would Jesus do? You know, like, you know, the, the idea that, that you're living a sober life and that you're, yeah, you know, you're trying to be the best version of yourself more and more each day mm-hmm. and then align those things and say, well, but it never says that I can't do heroin. So I guess <laughs> that I can. Yeah. And so, then I guess that I should because yeah. I can, right? And it's like, no, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. So, yeah, therein lies some of our next questions. Yeah. So this kind of this kind of segues right into something where it's like, there's, I think that there's people on either side of the legalize it or not argument that might may cite certain things, and some of them. The funny thing is, some of them may even bring God into it, and mm-hmm. and I've heard people say stuff like this. So. You know, there, this is this is a segment we're just calling like judging the weed, justifications, condemnations, and loopholes, <laughs> where it's like people are trying to either figure out a way to get around it or a reason to do it, or they're just outright condemning it for reasons A, B, C, and D. And mm-hmm. we're just going to kind of look at those reasons and just be like, you know, is there any validity to any of it? So the one that I've uh, I've mentioned, and I kind of mark these off to where we can kind of trade off is I've heard so many people say this weed came from the earth and God put it on the earth. So God must want us to use it. Like God must want us to use, to smoke weed because how does he want us to use it? That's, that's the other question because as we've, as people know, you can take that same plant and use it for multiple practical applications that have well back to my horse analogy god gave us horses maybe to ride not to eat (laughs) like you could do both but let's find the most productive one of those yeah exactly it's like uh, you know one of the things is there's the you know god also put the mushrooms down some of them you should eat some of them you shouldn't eat if you plan on going anywhere yes (laughs) <laughs> and some of them will probably kill you. Like, yeah. You know, so it's, it's like, just because it's here doesn't mean that like we took a hike the other night mm-hmm. and we were kind of just looking around and we were actually looking for a, a little tree to dig up and plant in our yard, but we didn't find what we were looking for. While mm-hmm. we were out there, there was these little flowers and there's like the red bud trees are blooming right now and the dogwood trees. And so the boys were looking at all that stuff. And um, I had seen a long ago that uh, those redbud trees which are everywhere right now where we live you can actually eat the blooms off those i was Mm. watching on a show and i was like i would never know that i would have never thought to do that and they're actually not bad so the boys were like eating redbud blooms and they're like this is good you know and then i was like oh they're like what else can you eat and so i'm showing them a few things that i know are are safe and like seeing if they'll try it you know the funny thing is though we had just left the house and i made um like hibachi at the mm-hmm. house, which is the first time I'd ever made it. And it's not nice. my favorite thing in the world, but uh, my wife mm-hmm. loves it. So I was like, I'm going to yeah. make this because I love you. So, um, <laughs> so I'm, I made that and the boys would not eat the chicken because they didn't like the seasoning on it, but then they're eating flowers out of a tree. That's funny. five minutes later. I'm like, so you wouldn't <laughs> eat chicken, but you're eating blooms off a redbud tree. Yeah. You're eating 
dandelions or whatever you know it's like, mm-hmm. what what is what what is wrong with you yeah yeah um, and so like we were talking about there's certain things that you know just because it looks like this doesn't mean you can eat it like you have to know what you're what you're dealing with and god put it all there so yeah then the question will be well why did he put things here if some of them would harm us you know mm-hmm. why why would marijuana be here if it can be used to alter your mind and we're not supposed to use it? Like, wouldn't God give us this bounty? Yeah. But if that's the same logic, then why not make a salad out of thorns? <laughs> like yeah. there are thistles and thorns. And that's, I always go back to that with my boys is mm-hmm. anytime they're like, why does bad things happen? Or why are there, you know, bumblebees, you know, or why, you know, why are there things that are, are bad or that hurt us? Yeah. And in this world if god loves us i'm like well because we don't live in paradise we don't live in heaven this world is fallen and there's thistles and thorns and just because they're there don't mean you have to step in them all the time so yeah um you you can also you make don't you make heroin from poppies yes yes you make moonshine from corn yeah so (laughs) liquor from yeah so like yeah but you can you can take that rabbit hole as far as you want to go yeah and justify but that alone isn't a great argument because there's a lot of things that grow naturally that we probably shouldn't be eating so so on the opposite end of that you know we've had the pro like bringing god into it for a pro argument and then we bring god into it for like a con argument which is you know smoking the act of smoking and, and you know burning something and inhaling the smoke from it harms your lungs and your body is supposed to be a temple and you know the lord the holy spirit resides in your temple so you should try to not smoke because you're definitely harming your lungs when you do that and then so question because i don't know this is is smoking pot and smoking tobacco about the same harmfulness now i know there's chemicals in the tobacco that's probably not in a lot of the pot that that's grown right now it's probably actually more organic Um, yeah but like do you know like is it i believe i'm i believe that because of all the chemicals that are in cigarettes smoking tobacco tobacco especially tobacco that is you know made by yes tobacco manufacturers would be more harmful to your lungs than smoking but just the act of smoking itself like i believe the act of smoking itself actually harms your lungs because you're inhaling you're inhaling smoke so like it doesn't matter if you're smoking pot, if you're smoking cigarettes, if you're smoking, smoking oregano dandelion leaves, yeah, yeah. or if you're smoke, you got your head stuck over a chimney in your fireplace. Like yeah, all of those things, like people die from smoke inhalation. So I would think yeah, any form of smoke in your lungs over a period of time is probably not great. But then these but then these crafty pot enthusiasts went and decided that they were gonna take the smoking out of the equation altogether and then next thing you know you go to these california dispensaries or in colorado or whatever and you've got you know cakes and gummies and uh and oils and edibles and all this stuff so they're like ah you thought you had us with the smoking thing but now we don't have to smoke it anymore we're we'll put it in a brownie bags. we're just gonna put it in a brownie so what are you gonna do with that uh and you know i mean that's that's a kind of a valid argument in that regard but then again Mm -hmm. i think that it goes back to your motives why are you doing it in the first place yeah that's another thing are you doing it because you can because it's legal are mm -hmm. you doing it because it's there are you doing it because it's kind of edgy yeah you know or 
like everybody has their own motives for doing whatever it is that they do. I don't think that I I don't think that most people who walk into a dispensary and get walk out of there with a THC lollipop are going, I'm just want a little bit. I just want a little effect from this. I think so. Are those more like I don't know? This is all important (laughs) to me. So, like, is an edible more potent than a joint? It can well, it can be like I well, there's these people who they're whenever I was in college, I lived the, our next door neighbors, whenever I was like a junior or senior in college, they, we found out that they were making pot brownies and they were making them. And I guess when you make them, and especially if you don't know anything about potency and things like that, then when you digest it, when you ingest it through food and it goes and it's processed in your bloodstream. Yeah. Through versus smoking it. I, think that it tends to hit you a lot it doesn't hit you immediately but it hits you like a lot harder all i know is that my one friend well your body absorbs every single bit of it versus some of it in some of it out and yeah and and all i know is that my one friend freaked out on after eating a pot brownie and just had to go lay down for a few hours like that's all i know about (laughs) like so they grossly underestimated the effects of it that's what i do know it's so so uh, so let's go to the third point. This is kind of the pro point. And this is the one that I think is part of the reason why legalization of marijuana is gaining the most traction, for lack of a better word, is that marijuana is medicinal and it is medicine. Now, if there was ever a case where Christians could, and I'm not going to speak for all Christians, I'll speak for myself, where the idea of weed possibly being case by case basis acceptable to do this might be the one area but it would have to depend on the situation it's not like yeah. a universal well everybody can smoke weed because weed is medicine you know it's one that's you brought up a good point about how it's like it's like well there's several things that are medicine but it doesn't mean you have to most of the drugs we have now are based on some sort of medicinal purpose yeah, you know, even but that doesn't like, mean you take a handful. You, know, you watch an old western, and they're like, "Hey, you know, drink some whiskey because we don't have anything else." Yeah, uh, you know, I'm getting ready to pull a bullet out of your shoulder here on gun smoke, so let's drink some whiskey <laughs> and bite on this cloth. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, he needed something. Like, it's not like, oh, you're going to go to hell because you did that. It's like, no, I don't think he was using it just to have a good time. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it was it was a form of medication, and you know, uh, to numb the pain a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think there's probably a lot of people in the circles that we would run in, that I would run in, whatever, uh, very conservative, you know, some conservative people, church going mm-hmm. Christian people um, yeah, that would say no matter what it is, if it's marijuana, it's wrong. It should be illegal. Mm-hmm. And that's where I go back to, like, I could almost see the logic of, uh, someone who is able to just casually drink to say, you know, the act itself of just drinking one drink with your food, mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't think that the alcohol itself is what's the sin. It's yeah. the nature of the person and how they let it affect them and how they use it. That's the sin. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the motives and in, in, inside of your heart, inside of your mind saying, I'm going to do this for this reason. Like, I don't, I don't want to ever know what it's like to be in a position of uh, needing to, to, you know, ease my pain from cancer treatment, let's say. I think yeah. that's a, you know, a really common use for it. Uh, mm-hmm. Glaucoma is another one, you know? So it's like, um, if, 
if a doctor who has went to school for this says, this is going to help you with this. I don't think I'm going to him with cancer and saying, Hey, I do have cancer and I'd really like to get stoned. Yeah. Like they're saying, is there any way to numb this pain? And he's saying, well, you could try this that I don't think that's wrong. Yeah. And if it could stay there, if it would, Mm -hmm. if it could just stay medicinal. Yeah. But my, well, it's not even a fear. Like the reality of, of this battle that we're in right now mm-hmm. is not that way. It's yeah. not, th- nobody, there are people that want it for medicinal purposes and then may need it for medicinal purposes. Mm-hmm. But the overall overwhelming loud majority of the people who are clamoring for this are wanting it to become medicinal so that it become can become recreational. Mm-hmm. Like there, I, I don't know if there's ever been a state that, that got medicinal and then just said, okay, we're good. It's yeah. all we wanted. That's kind of true. Like yeah. it's always we got medicinal. Why can't we? Why can't the rest of us smoke it now? Well, and then you and then there's in some states it's like I said it's almost like a running joke. You see it on you know sitcoms and movies or something like that where it's like somebody goes to their doctor. They live in California and they go to their doctor exactly, and then they're like, "My back," <laughs> you know. Yeah. Suddenly well, it's got, the like, same as the people that were running to Florida getting painkillers all the time, saying that they had a you know, bad back or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so here's these painkillers that are for people that are in pain. Yeah. And then you're wanting permission to use them and you're not in pain. And yeah. if you have to pretend to be in pain to get them, whatever. But, mm-hmm. and so like, that is a sin. I would think it, ha- because the motive is not pure. Yeah. Like you're lying, deceiving, whatever, or trying mm-hmm. to get, your government to legalize your lying and deceiving so that you don't have to lie and deceive and saying, well, if you legalize it, then I don't have to lie. If you legalize it, I don't have to go buy it off the street. And it's like, but you're, you're just wanting your government to legalize your immorality. And Mm so I, I, I have two thoughts on that. Like you can't legalize morality and Mm -hmm. there, there's a problem with that in this, this whole argument is like, if we make it legal, then people will smoke pot. If we make tobacco or alcohol legal, then people will drink and there will be DUIs and all that. They're Mm -hmm. doing it anyway. So that's another argument for this saying, well, people are smoking pot anyway. Why don't you just let them have it? And then then we get the tax money from it. And then then we get the tax money from it. Like at least we should collect off of their sin. Yeah. Cause they're going to sin anyway. Mm -hmm. And so for lost people to do lost things doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And for even good, well-meaning people, even like myself, sometimes they have a tendency to say, well, because it's wrong or it's sinful, or I believe that it's not the best thing, then we should legalize my morality for Mm -hmm. everyone. Yeah. Then it doesn't become morality anymore. It becomes law. Mm -hmm. Like there's no moral conscience that falls into that to say, even though I can, I don't. It's always, I will do whatever the law lets me do. That's why you need to make the law so I won't do these things because if you don't have a law on it, I'm going to do it. Like hmm. that's 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 some of the mentality that comes in play there. Like like if you take the rules off, then I can't help myself. But now if as long as it's illegal, I won't do it. Yeah. Like if you up the speed limit to 120 miles an hour tomorrow, I guess I have to drive 120. <laughs> but as long as it's 70, that's a good safe speed. And if you're driving yeah. 120, you are wrong. But if they have mm-hmm. the speed limit to 100, 100 mile an hour tomorrow, the same people that I'm 
mad at on the interstate for flying past me at 100 going where's the fire you know yeah like i would be that guy because <laughs> because now it's legal and it's like oh so the yeah. only thing keeping me from doing it is the law so yeah. if that's your same attitude toward any of this stuff mm -hmm. then i would think your heart's in the wrong place yeah you're trying yeah, to like see what you can get by with and you're trying to find the line and you're saying okay just show me the line and i'll just put my tent right next to it yeah i just want to get to heaven but i only want to get there by an inch <laughs> yeah i think i think if you if you look into the effects of marijuana with any amount of depth the one thing that they all seem to land on is there is no way to get around the fact that consuming it even in what someone would declare as quote-unquote moderation has some type of negative effects on your body yeah and even if you're like ingesting it it may have some cognitive effects on your mind uh in both short term and long term mm -hmm. uh that being said i think that with certain illnesses especially certain you know really uh critical serious. illnesses serious illnesses you look at the positives and do they outweigh the negatives and then it's like if somebody's going through chemo or they have you know hiv or aids and it's like the only way i can get them to eat is if they get some THC in their system and it then makes that's a medicine. And then it's like, that's medicine. If so, yeah. you know, I remember there's this one it goes back video. to your motives. They're not doing it to get high. They're doing it to yeah. survive. And I remember there was this one time there was a, there was an, a video that went around the, the internet and there was this guy who was just having the most extreme case of epilepsy that you could possibly even think about. And they, he couldn't even talk or much of anything and then they gave him some like some of the oil like thc oil or whatever and then mm -hmm. he went from being this person who was completely crippled by this disease to being able to just like sit up and have a conversation or something like that yeah and it's like in that case like i'm thinking yeah get whatever that was like get it to that guy like that guy yeah. needs it like that guy for his quality of life for him to have something resembling a normal life like that you know he needs it. Now, yeah. I have met several people over the course of my life that are self-professed Christians, uh, self-professed Catholics, uh, non-Christians. They either suffer from some form of mental illness or they, they, have, they claim to have anxiety. Uh, and the way that they, a lot of times the way that they look at it is the same way people use coffee as a pick-me-up, they use weed mm -hmm. as a Calm me down. Calm me down. Like, yeah, like I'm just gonna, and you know, I remember one person in particular. They kind of, you know, so it's like drinking without being drunk. It's like smoking yes. pot without getting high. I guess so. Yeah. So is so it like possible to do that? Like that's that's. Do yeah, most people have the ability to just say, "I just need one puff to calm me and, down. I don't and, need to get high." And we're gonna get to that later a little bit, but like one person in particular, I, I was talking to, and they basically sort of confessed to me, like. You know, yeah, I didn't know if you knew this about me, but yeah, I, I smoke weed on occasion. And I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I guess they didn't feel comfortable telling me like initially, you know, and then they decided to, and they were like, and he's like, I gotta tell you, I've, you know, I've been on like five or six medications, you know, for the longest time. And then me having smoking a tiny bit in the morning and a little bit at night. And I've been able to go from like taking six pills a day to taking like two or one or something like that and i'm thinking like 
So if that's the case and that's how they're using it, it's no different than a medicine. If a doctor says, take two hits of this every morning, it's no different than him saying to take two pills. But if I take two pills and then I just swallow the whole bottle, that's Mm no, you know, that's, that's where it crosses, I think. So like, I think a lot of people say that the sin or the, the, the problem is in the thing, in the marijuana, in the pill, in the alcohol, Mm -hmm. in the whatever. It's not, it's in how we use it and why we're using it and you know, what our motives are. Um, it, so you mentioned something earlier or just a little while ago, but, um, I think about like when you go to the, you know, if we say that, well, you know, we live a pure life and we should never be enabled, you know, not enabled, but like, um, have our, our mind altered or whatever you let a bunch of church people take their friend or their kid to the dentist, get their wisdom teeth pulled out. And they Mm -hmm. are blasting that video all over Facebook. Look at my kid. They are stoned out of their mind. Ha ha ha. It's so funny. Like they're almost, they're looking forward to it. Like, Oh, it's going to be a fun ride home. They're going to say all kinds of stuff. I'm like, Mm -hmm. your kid is stoned. You are stoned. Like I had my wisdom teeth cut out. I had to be stoned. Like Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember anything. And and I made a video on the phone. Don't even really remember doing it. Yeah. It was really stupid. You were, and, you were on another plane. <laughs> yeah, I was, yes, I was on another plane. But, like, I didn't go to the dentist to say, hey, I need some of that medicine. Don't worry about the teeth. Just I need the medicine. I need that <laughs> feeling again. Yeah. It's like, no, I mean, that was just what I got from that. So to say you could smoke marijuana, if it made you a little bit different, mm-hmm. but that was what it took. It took that level to actually ease your pain. Yeah. I would think that's a side effect. Yeah. If that's not your motive. Now, if you're saying, Hey, you know, I'm not really feeling that bad today, but mm-hmm. I did kind of enjoy that feeling yesterday. Then yeah. I think that's where you're crossing the line. Like you could, yeah. you could do the exact same amount of whatever it is with a different motive. And it goes from being right to being wrong. Yeah. And you know, one thing about, and we go, we kind of go back to whenever I was first trying it back in the, mid nineties when it was completely illegal all the way around, regardless of what state you were in. And one of the things you always said and heard was from the con sort of side of weed is that, you know, weed is a gateway drug to Mm -hmm. harder drugs. And they always seem to leave out alcohol when they say that, because Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I think the thing that's probably the gateway drug to weed is probably alcohol, but like, so. Well, I would think the thing that's a gateway to, alcohol is probably cigarettes yeah like it's where most people start yeah and i know that i know that weed has been demonized for decades in a lot of ways almost to a comical extent i remember there's this one movie that came out that was supposed to be kind of it's kind of like a cult movie i don't know if you've ever heard uh, heard of it it's it's black and white movie called reefer madness and basically it's like it's almost like a public service announcement that has become an unintentional comedy because they basically, these people smoke weed and they just become crazy. And by the end of it, like there's a person who's like smoking weed and they commit a hit and run. They just keep on driving. And by the end of it, somebody actually gets murdered and it's because they're high on weed. And so they're really laying into this whole, like smoking weed makes you and it turns you into a sociopath where you just don't care about human life and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, it doesn't do that. Yeah. But it's like you know, and then and then it kind of, and then they talk about now how's this gateway drug to harder drugs, and it's like, you know, 
at the same time that I don't necessarily agree that it's the the gateway drug to harder drugs, I know people who who struggle with it, mm -hmm. like who actually want to quit. They I was going to say, is it addictive? They want it. This this the person that I'm referring to. They they want to quit. They're like they know they should, and something entices them enough to where they come back to it. So and it's not addictive in the sense that other things are but it creates an entire lifestyle or a feeling that you can become addicted to right yeah i would saying? i would i would say that's accurate it's not necessarily like cigarettes where they and the where the tobacco manufacturers are like we're going to put a chemical in this yeah. purposefully to get you hooked on it so you'll buy more of it yeah. but there is something about the act that is uh that is alluring to and uh, to the point where people do keep coming back to it and do and it becomes habitual i mean here's a here's a perfect example like you know you mentioned uh joe rogan earlier in his really popular podcast one of the things that they do him and his buddies who partake in all kinds of you know different drugs and alcohol and things like that they always do this thing every year called sober october where they quit everything mm -hmm. and for a month and then they just try to like get super healthy. And then at the end of it, they kind of go back to their old ways. But the fact that they have to like, they block out a month to where it's like, this is the month I'm going to try to quit. Yeah. Like doing all these things. It's like, there's probably some sort of underlying message there to where it's like, if you have to like give yourself a challenge to quit doing these things, you may be a bit more addicted to them than you realize. <laughs> okay. Well then as a Christian, if we have to, continually give us give ourselves a challenge to read our bible what does that say <laughs> uh because how many people do you know ourselves included that are like i need some sort of accountability or i need you know some mm -hmm. i'm going to start this week and i'm going to read every day yeah and you know it's kind of the, the same logic i guess yeah sure so would uh so would you say that it's a gateway drug i mean that, that do you, i mean in your experience do most people that you know have the ability to just turn it on turn it off did you did you were you ever tempted to kind of go to the next thing because if you're the way i the way i look at it this is like me on the outside looking in i would think if i'm chasing a high mm -hmm. and i'm kind of excited by the the thrill after a while if it's just the same thing all the time mm -hmm. it would get old and I'd start, you know, there's certain types of people that have addictive personalities that are always looking for the next thing. Here, here's, here's how I would answer that. I, the same way that I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to trying it, I was also very conservative when it came to stepping outside of it. A lot of my friends were those people who were like, well, we got to try the, we got to find the next hardest thing. Like, yeah. Not necessarily like heroin or yeah. meth or anything like that. But at the time it was like, you know, I would go up to a campsite or whatever and we'd be hanging out after, you know, the on the weekend and I'd find out that my friends had brought up mushrooms or acid or like And you're like, no, nah, I'm just gonna sit here and smoke and I, my pot. I was gonna say, like at the time I was like, I like don't get me wrong, like I was curious, but I also knew that if I tried those things, I would be in a place mentally where I didn't have control of everything like yeah. there'd be stuff happening that I was just had to kind of go along for the ride for and I so you never felt that way with pot no I it never, was never I like personally never 
felt like I had to do the next thing. Like I've had, no, I mean with like that it affected you in a way that made you feel out of control with your, not necessarily. Like, I mean, there's been times whenever I've done too much and then I knew I did too much just based on how I was feeling with like, but it was never to the point where I felt like I've got to go lay down because I can't even like take what's happening to me right now. Like Mm -hmm. I was still very much, uh, functional kind of thing so I was whatever whatever amount that I wanted to try something new was always held back by yeah but you're not going to be able to control much of that situation if you do it and and I just knew I didn't want to do anything harder than that I just knew I was conservative in that way and I knew that you know but I have seen like I know people who started off smoking and that was like their baby step into it and now they're they're full on drug addicts, or they've been mm-hmm. to jail, or they. But I know people that never smoked pot a day in their life, and they're heroin addicts too. So. Yeah. So that's the you thing. Know, it's it, like, I don't think you can necessarily. It's not say because it's you do this; it's taking you to the next step. But it does make that next step easier. Yeah. You know, if you so, look at a set of stairs and you say, "I could skip some steps and and get to the top," it's a mm-hmm. little bigger leap, but I could do it. I'm reminded yeah. of, uh, I don't, you're not a baseball fan probably, but there was a guy that played baseball a few years ago named Josh Hamilton, and okay. he played for the Reds, and then he played for uh, uh, Texas for a while. And uh, Amazing player. Uh, one of the best books I've ever read, uh, one of the only books I ever read start to finish, um, was his autobiography or his biography. And actually, I don't know where he is right now. He may be kind of back out there. He may be straight. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. – uh, he was raised very conservative, all American boy, number one draft pick. Um, and he started getting, he got on the DL. He got hurt while he's in the minor, minor leagues. Okay. And like, he was so conservative and so like innocent that his parents traveled with him while he was in minor leagues for like a few years mm-hmm. and went everywhere with him. And they were just sort of like a part of the team. And, and he was just like, I didn't care. I didn't like it. I mean, I didn't mind it. I like my parents. Yeah. I didn't do anything. Like I was just a kid that played baseball and then he got hurt and he had to kind of be on DL and he started hanging around at a tattoo shop Mm -hmm. and he got his first tattoo and it kind of unlocked some sort of addictive feature inside of him that, that Mm -hmm. then sort of started spiraling out of control that tattoo, one tattoo became another tattoo, became another tattoo. And then those guys that he was hanging out with that were giving him the tattoos we're like, hey, why don't you go with us after work? We're going to go, you know, do whatever. And he was, I think he was probably uh, 20, 21, 22. Mm-hmm. And he said, I went to my first strip club, tried my first drink of alcohol, and did my first line of Coke all in the same night. Oh, wow. He's <laughs> like, okay. I just I just hit them all. Yeah. And it was just like when the when it came off, it just came completely off. And, yeah. you know, and, and now, like, he's struggled with it ever since. Um, you know, he would talk about being, uh, you know, the worth millions of dollars, you know, here's this multi-million dollar athlete waking up on the floor of a crack house, um, you know, not knowing anymore how he got there or whatever. And it's like, gosh, yeah. man, how do you get there? Like he had a family, he had kids, like he was blessed beyond measure, but yet, you know, and he never really even talked about smoking pot Yeah. to starting there. It was just like, boom. And it, so, you know, it, so, so for a lot of people, the gateway drug is not like a drug. It's like, something it's, that they have inside it's of that them. thing that unlocks the next step like exactly maybe it's the tattoo maybe it's just hanging out with new friends it's like oh man these people get me and mm-hmm. they smoke pot or and they do drugs i'm going to do what they do so yeah, i can yeah. fit in because i like these friends i mm-hmm. like having people that that 
you know, are my friends. Yeah. And so I think there's, it's not just one thing. And that's why I think that's the danger with just saying, if we just did away with marijuana, everything would be better. No, it wouldn't. Yeah. We'd find something else. Yeah. So this, so the last thing that we want to talk about, as far as these sort of arguments that people make, this is one of the, the pros that I think is probably gaining more traction now. Or if I think if you ask anybody who smokes weed on a regular basis, they would probably say something along these lines, which is, Weed is no different than caffeine or alcohol, and it can be done in moderation. So, can be. Here's the thing: like, there's people that I know, like I mentioned before, like they they do it like to wind down at the end of a day, and there. And I know that I did some I did some research on this just to be curious. So, like, there's uh, there's this website called Greatest, and it says has this article that highlights these 15 high CBD, low THC cannabis strains may bring you relief. So like the same way that, you know, that almost craft beer has taken off where there's like a different kind of beer for every person and situation or taste. It's like, there's, I guess there's some where the THC levels are just like sky high and then there's some where they're really low. So I guess if you wanted to, you could possibly partake and have a moderate, dose of something and it would be the equivalent to drinking a cup of coffee just going the other way i don't know um now does this mean does that mean that a person can choose a lower dose and does it count as moderation like i said i don't know but i mean there may be more gray area to this than we kind of i'm sure it's like starbucks and there's an entire menu (laughs) yeah and you have to know the lingo (laughs) yeah so your order so here's here's one thing i do know so I know that this is personally for me, like I, when it comes to coffee, I drink coffee in the morning and every now and then I'll have a drink of alcohol, like at night with a meal or just at night, whenever we're just like hanging out at the house or something. Like, I know that I just need a couple cups of coffee and that's a all couple I shots need. of tequila to get me through the day. <laughs> I was gonna say, and, and exactly, not exactly. And then because and you know, like I know, but the, here's the thing: the main reason that I drink coffee now has nothing to do with the caffeine and everything to do with the fact that I just like the way it goes with breakfast. Like, yes, I drink yep. it with my breakfast in the morning. I drink it before I go to bed. I, it doesn't bother me. The caffeine doesn't yeah. really affect me. I was like, I've acquired coffee. a taste for it. Like with beer, a glass of wine, or very rarely I might have like a, you know, a small amount of bourbon or whiskey or whatever. Like every single time, it's primarily for flavor and not for effect. Okay, so in that case, if they dip a joint in Hershey's International Delight coffee creamer, the, the chocolate and caramel, then I might would have, you know, I might would do it because that's yeah. why I drink coffee. I drink it for the for the creamer. Is that and the thing is, is like I, but with all of those situations, like I know how much I'm getting every time. Like uh-huh. I know the you know. If I drink one beer, I know exactly what is in that one beer. If I drink this, a five ounce glass of wine, I know there's five ounces of wine in that. If, you know, like I'm not just sitting here, if I'm having a glass of bourbon or whatever, I don't like just tip it up and just fill it up. I literally measure it out with a little measuring thing. And then like, so you're responsible. I treat, yeah. So, and I know that I can't do that with weed. Like I, there's never been a time whenever I've, whenever I've, and you know, whenever I drink, if I've ever drank, I know I can read my body and know like, 
if I have one more, I'm going, it's going over the limit, going toward tipsy town. And yeah. like, and there's never been a time whenever I've smoked weed and known. So if you could, down. and now that you're a Christian, mm -hmm. would you? No. Like if you could know the line. No. And okay. I, I was just curious. So, okay. So then that's interesting to know because you know, you drink responsibly, mm. you know, admittedly. Yeah. Um, I don't, but you do. And we still you love drink, each other. You drink irresponsibly. Yes, I do, man. I'm, you know, it's just awful. And, and if you could smoke pot responsibly and maybe even convince yourself, oh, you know, a Christian could probably do this responsibly, you still wouldn't do it. So, I, okay. So I that's would, a personal preference, but to me, that says something. I wouldn't do it because like, even if you gave it to me and like, you know, you snuck some you know, cannabis oil into like a pie and was like, you don't even have to smoke it. Just eat this delicious <laughs> peanut butter pie and you'll, and you'll just feel a little bit more relaxed. It's like, I just know that I, the experience that I had in high school, whenever I'd smoked weed almost every weekend and sometimes even more, and I saw it affect me, my brain, like actually, I could actually feel the effects. And, 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 and not only that, but when I quit, the effect the, the negative had on me start went away so then i knew i was like for me personally yeah that does that to me i like being sharp i like being you know mentally being able to recall things and yeah short term and long term and all this stuff well i think that goes back into the the your motives like your motives are not to dull your senses and if somebody's using pot to dull their senses if you take away the pot they're going to find something else to do it. Now yeah. that's the same logic that somebody would use for legalizing it. Mm -hmm. My response would be if, if they leave, like, I'm not for legalization. Mm -hmm. I think that the medicinal part, if left there could have some merit if it was used responsibly. Yeah. Um, but if it is legalized, it's the same way with, you know, my County becoming wet. It really doesn't change who I am at all. It doesn't change anything about me. Mm -hmm. But it does expose my kids to some things that I really wish they weren't. And so it's my job as a parent to educate them a little bit more and to be a little more aware of what they're being exposed to because it's maybe more prevalent than it would have been um, yeah. to guard them a little bit more. But other than that, like it doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change who Jesus is. It doesn't change the truth. And it doesn't change the fact that we live in a sinful world full of sinful people that like to do sinful things, sometimes ourselves included. And if we feed that beast, we can legalize everything. So don't be surprised when people who aren't following God do things that are contrary to his word, because it's been like that since the beginning of man. Why should it stop now? Like if we pass a law that says we can't do it, we still haven't changed the heart of man. God can change the heart of man, only God. Okay. For this next segment, uh, Blake had to actually jump off of here. So, uh, I'm going to try to just, uh, close this up. Uh, we did want to dig into what, if anything, scripture has to say about this. And to be honest, there's not a lot, as we've said, there's not a lot that's specific. And so it kind of goes back to the overall, uh, mentality that you would have to take to, to say that this is okay to do. Um, and so the Bible speaks a lot about that, about, you know, our, our motives and, and our heart and how we should, uh, you know, how should, how we should behave and how we should act and uh, conduct ourselves. So uh, we did want to share a little bit of that, but 
um, the first thing that pops in my mind is in Genesis, Genesis chapter three, verses one through six. Uh, it says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Um, so very popular passage, obviously. Um, I think the language here goes back to our arguments. Um, I think Satan right now is whispering in the ears of people and saying, did God actually say that marijuana is bad? or whatever it may be that you're struggling with to try to justify doing or whatever. Um, did he actually say that? No, God didn't say the words, you shouldn't smoke weed. Uh, you shouldn't, you know, do, uh, do drugs or whatever, but he has a lot to say. And we know that, you know, there, there are limits to, to God's, uh, what, what God's will for us. And so we know probably the reason why you're listening to this is because you know it's a hot button issue and you know that it's something that people are arguing right now. You know that it's something that's taboo and that's on the edge of, you know, what's moral and what's right if you're a Christian. And so some people want the permission to do it. And to be honest, if you're looking for it, you can probably find it. You can probably find justification somewhere. You can probably talk yourself into it or out of whatever it is that you're trying to do. So, uh, don't go down that road because it's the same road that Satan took Eve down. And he convinced her through her logic that God didn't actually say this. And therefore, if God didn't actually say it, then, you know, he, he must be hiding something from you or maybe he's not against it um, since he didn't directly, you know, it's like my kids do, you know, my kids will say, now you didn't, you know, I said, I said to clean up your room and they're like, no, you said clean up the house you know what I meant, right? Uh, so God tells us to take care of our whole bodies, to take care of, you know, uh, to be productive and fruitful. And, and if the things that we're partaking in food, if food makes me lazy and unhealthy, I have to keep that in check. If it's the things we're drinking or the things we're smoking or the things that we're watching, the things that we're listening to, the things that, um, you know, our social media that's, you know, consuming too much of our time, then we need to cut it out because that's not the way God designed us to be. Um, 1 Corinthians 6, 12, and 13 says all things, this is Paul talking, uh, so this gets into the, to the legality argument. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The God, the body is not meant for sexual morality, sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And so here he goes into a, a part about sexual immorality. It's not talking about marijuana, but it, it does speak to the nature of, of God and also the nature of things that could be technically legal. Uh, you know, it would be legal to have an affair like in our time you know it wouldn't be condoned or you know whatever it's sort of frowned upon but it happens all the time 
and you don't go to jail for it. So you don't go to jail for having an affair. You don't go to jail for, you know, doing a lot of things. But just because it's legal, does that mean that it's right? And so Paul says, no, it's not for me. It's not helpful. Uh, Mark 13, 32 and 33 says, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. So once again, we should be you know, sober-minded, um, as it says in First uh, Peter, preparing your minds for action, being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. First Peter 4, 7 says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. First Peter 5, 8, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. Seek, seeking someone to devour. Uh, Galatians, sorry, um, Galatians 5, 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. <laughs> so if you want to say, well, there's no law against, uh, you know, if, if, if it becomes legal, legal, there's no law against it. Well, there's also no law against love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control either. And so why don't we exercise those? Romans 1, 21 through 25 said, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds, and animals, and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts, gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. I think that sums it up pretty well. Uh, we are living in a time right now that we love to feed our flesh. We love to pour into ourselves whatever it is that makes us happy. And we don't want anybody else to tell us that we can't. And as Christians, we do have to watch that line of becoming judge and jury and saying that, you know, this is, I, I declare that this is a sin and this is wrong. And therefore, it needs to become a law that you're not allowed to do that. God never pushed himself on us. God is a gentleman, he always waits, he never forces. His entrance into our hearts, he always waits until we let him come into our lives because he doesn't he, he doesn't want somebody that doesn't want him. And so we have to be the same way. We may live in a world that is full of sin. We do live in a world that's full of sin. We may live in a world that becomes uh, legal to do anything, but yet we still have to stand strong. And we have to realize that God will let that happen because that's what God does. But that doesn't mean because he is patient, that he's slow. God may be patient with our ignorance, and he may let us run around and do what we want, but one day there will be a judgment, and one day there will be an answering and a reckoning, and one day we'll all have to answer for the things that we've done, and not just the actions that we've done, but the thoughts and the motives and the reasons in our heart. Uh, so I don't want to be found in a place where I'm lacking in those areas when I stand before God. Um, 
so that's why I think we need to always try to take the high road if possible. And this is one of those opportunities that as a Christian, I think we need to completely uh, stay away from because I just don't think there's any good that can come from it. Personally, I don't, uh, aside from the medicinal fact, but, you know, just recreational use of this. um, I don't think that it's anything that, that is going to make you a better witness and a better Christian. It's not saying you still can't be a Christian and be a witness, but I would imagine you could be better without it. So uh, it's like a lot of other things that we bring into our lives and it holds our witness down. Um, They may not all be illegal. You know, some of it, like I said, may be our social media that we are addicted to or uh, the shows that we watch that are less than wholesome. Um, You know, those things that draw a wedge between us and God doesn't mean we can't be a Christian if we watch those, but how much better could I be if I didn't, if I didn't partake in this stuff? So uh, with that being said, I'm going to close out with prayer. Um, Dear God, we thank you so much for another opportunity to uh, explore your word, to explore uh, how your word applies to the world that we live in today. And God, we pray for our nation. We pray for uh, our lawmakers. We pray for uh, those that are making decisions on our behalf. Uh, we know that there's a lot going on in this world right now. Uh, we know that there's some some unrest and some uh, you know discouragement and some uh, some pleas for anything that will be better. And unfortunately, people turn to the wrong things sometimes when they're looking for a savior, when they're looking for something to 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 change their life. But God, you are the only true savior, and you're the only one that can change the heart of man. So God, I pray that that your word would convict anyone who's listening to this, that they'd be compelled to turn over whatever it is that's between them and you. And if they haven't given their life to you, I pray that today would be the day that they do that. Uh, I pray that people would be saved through this and that we wouldn't have to look for the gray areas that we would always look uh, for what you said in your word. And that's where we would base our lives. So God, I pray that, that this comes across in a way that doesn't condone sin doesn't make light of sin, but God, we also know that we live in a sinful world and help us to be a light in the middle of that darkness. Um, as Christians, we can't always pray that the darkness goes away, but we can pray that we can be a light in it if it is here. So God, I pray that we will stand and that we will stand against this because I don't think it's good. But God, even if it does, you're still God and you still got this and and we trust you. So uh, we love you, God, and we thank you for everything you do for, for us and uh, everything you're going to do. Amen. Thank you for listening to The Real Legend Podcast. We hope that something that was said today inspires you to come to know God in a real way. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to help you on your journey. So email us at realreligionpod at gmail.com. That's R-E-A-L-I-G-I-O-N pod at gmail.com. Or reach out to us on social media. Thank you for your support.